I'm ready when you are, my friend. Sweet. Let's do it. All right. This is for Clementine and Otis. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Today's guest is Joshua Stanley, or affectionately known as Ranger to his friends. Uh, Josh is a father, sponsored skateboarder, and support worker. Josh advocates for children by promoting better parenting values, and uh, especially for fathers, and he outlined this profoundly in his TEDx talk that he did. So today, Josh is with me live and in person in his home in Canberra on a Sunday morning, the day after the 21st annual Belco Bowl Jam, to share his journey, experiences, challenges, and hopes for the future. Mr. Joshua Stanley, Welcome. Hey man, thanks for having me on, dude. I'm psyched. Dude, I'm psyched that you're psyched. And um, it's just been like an interesting weekend for me because like I haven't been down to Canberra in about 10 years, man. Oh, damn. What do you love about Canberra? Um, It's just like everywhere. You can get anywhere in like 20, 25 minutes. Um, So like skating spots is super sick. You don't really have to pick one side of town. You can just pin it from one side to the other. Yeah. Dude, we're like three hours away from Sydney, two hours away from the coast, two hours away from the snow, mm. and you can get down to Melbourne in a day. So, yeah, yeah, you're pretty nice much like man. right in the middle of everything. It's sick. Nice, man. And you were, you were born and raised here? Yeah, man, for sure. Nice. How would you describe your childhood in Canberra? Um, like my childhood in general was like a bit up and down, but... Why? Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's pretty... It was pretty chill, dude. Like, yeah. it got pretty hectic where we were, like, the house we're sitting in now, like, this suburb was super sketchy when I was growing up, but yeah. now it's, like, kind of all yelpified, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it seems like that's happening everywhere. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely happening where we're from um, in Wollongong, like, just gentrification, mm. you know? Um, but I don't know what the solution is because, yeah, like, where, where do people go when they can't afford to live in an area? Yeah, you know? dude. But I think... Um, there was some, no, oh, sorry, G. There was some uh, study where I think when they do like community housing and things like that, they put instead of having them all together in one spot, they kind of spread them out, and so it's more of the lines of like, well, if we put the, you know, bad people, which is not what they are, you know, they're just having struggles in life. Um, you put them around, I guess, people that are working full time, people that are, you know, having families and being supportive. It just gives them a space to um, try better and try harder, and that's you know super important to be around good people. Yeah, I guess like it's integrating. Yeah, pretty that's, much. That's what they're trying to do. Mm. Yeah. Listen, um, I want to get stuck into something that I'm really curious about personally, and I know you've got some experience with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, there's the um the concept of cognitive behavior therapy. Yeah. And I'm just really personally curious. Can you give us a like a definition of what that is? So uh, with cognitive behavioral therapy, basically um, from like my understanding and when I was working in it was basically, you know, sort of the, the norm is, you know, you go in and you sit down and you talk about your past and you talk about, you know, things that happen when you're a child, things, and there's a time and place for that. Um, but nine times out of 10, when you're, 
dealing with something that's happened currently. So, you know, a breakup, uh, you've got anxiety about uni, um, there's a big life change. Uh, sometimes your behaviours are the things that are actually stopping you from moving forward or getting over that certain issue. So with the whole cognitive behavioural part, it's like focusing on those triggers and then you get those thoughts in your head. Um, so like an example is say you get anxiety when you go to the shops, right? So your trigger would be maybe leaving the house, maybe going to the shops for whatever reason. And when that trigger happens, you then go, you start getting thoughts like, you know, oh, everyone's looking at me. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm not going to be able to talk to the cashier. My card's going to decline, you know? And then you get those, um, you get those feelings, which is just like, you know, shortness of breath, anxiety, uh, you know, uh, yeah, shakiness. You might blink a few bit, like a few times or, you know, whatever your ticks, triggers might be. And then it turns into your behavior, which is uh, like, you know, you don't go to the shops, you avoid, you, you know, shop online because it's easier, mm. things like that. So it's just about uh, recognizing that cycle and seeing what your behaviors are. And then challenging those behaviours. Gotcha. That's so. That's what I was wondering. So it's like learning cognitive. That that word means to learn. So it's like learning from behaviour patterns. And yeah, then, and then much. and then being able to like make adjustments based on your cycle or your, or your patterns of behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because I mean, how often do people actually reflect on their behaviour patterns? Well, I mean. It's kind of like, I guess, learning anything really. Sometimes you don't even know. Like how many times have you been in a situation and you reflect later on in life and you're like, dude, I had this tick about like, you know, like skating. I used to like you know, touch my fingers all the time to calm myself down or something like that. And you don't realize that they're just coping mechanisms, you know. Um, so not really often, but it was really amazing and really uh, rewarding coming to the end of the the treatment, which was uh, roughly like six weeks, and just them coming in and just being so stoked or even just being like, oh, like I know what I need to do to move forward. Did, and it's like so you, sick. you did it. You you had someone treat you that way? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, that's just like what I saw when I was um, doing that role. Oh, amazing. Just watching them like shine and just like they're just so juiced and they're so hyped. It's just like, yeah, dude, like I'm hyped for you, dude. Like it's sick. <laughs> You seem hyped on life. Yeah, dude, 100%. <laughs> Why? Because, um, like, I've been at the bottom of the barrel, dude. I've had the worst thing ever in the world to happen to me. So, um, like, oh, yeah, sorry, dude. That mic's pissing me off, but keep going. Um, it's not your fault. Oh, sweet. Keep going, sorry. Um, but, yeah, once, like, once you've been at the your, like, bottom of the barrel, because everyone's bottom of the barrel is different. Yeah. And I've been to the bottom of mine and I've had the worst thing in the world happen to me. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying like, you know, what was me? Nothing like that. Um, that's just straight facts what happened. So um, to, I guess, push through all that and the journey that I've been through, it's just like, dude, life's super rad. Like friends, family, the sun, flowers, colors, anything, dude. You can find the most like beautiful things in life if you just really sit there and take it in, you know, being present. Yes, brother. Yes, present. Listen, like, 
you mentioned that you had the worst thing happen to you ever and like I'm always very uh, sensitive to maybe pushing uh, questions of this nature but I mean do you mind sharing uh, that circumstance or situation that, yeah, dude. that you I refer don't. to but th- again there's zero pressure please don't feel in oh no nah, dude like I'm like you know I've worked really hard on it and you know sometimes I can get through it sometimes I can't so we'll just give it a go but I think people need to like understand you know really understand about the importance of when you have a child and what it means and what your responsibility is because like yeah, when you lose it, it's gnarly, like the yeah. shit that happens, you know. Yeah, I guess it's. I guess it's every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah, dude. Um, and I guess under <clears throat> variety of circumstances, um, you know, I guess when something tragic does happen to a child, you know, you're left wondering, you know, <laughs> like. Why did this happen? I think because mm-hmm. your primary role as a parent is to protect your, those children, yeah, no matter what. So, were you left with feelings of, you know, made a mistake, or it was? Would you, or you, or you put it down to? What did you put it down to in the end? Well, I think what it came down to at the end is like you know, we, like I can't control, can't control things around you. That's just life. You know, you can only control what you have control of, basically. Um, but yeah, dude, that was like definitely, I mean, I still have days, like I even talk about it in my TED talk, like I wake up every single morning and I'm like, that's the first thing that pops into my head every single day I wake up. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's pretty trash. I can definitely tell you that. So, uh, but basically, um, I had a child really, really young, um, when I was, Actually, yeah, what she was born on the 21st and my birthday's on the 29th. So it was like, yeah, eight days before my 21st birthday, I became a father. And she was born at 26 weeks. Um, and like, dude, I could fit her in both of my hands. Like, she literally, Just legit, tiny. yeah, dude, tiny ass. Like, I think, she, I think, like, butter that you get from um, like Woolworths or something, like, she weighed less than that. <laughs> Um, and I was actually, yeah, down in Wollongong on a skate trip with my friends and, um, yeah, I got the phone call and they were just like, yo, um, your, like your wife's like getting like airlifted to a hospital or your fiance, I should say. And I was just like, oh shit, like, dude, I got to get back to Canberra. And my friends were like still skating and I was like, dudes, like we need to go now. And I don't think they understood what was going on, but I don't think I was explaining it very well. Um, so anyway, once they figured it out, we like pinned it back down this hill, got in the car, speeding back, and it was basically like a decision. It was just like, you know, one of them is going to survive, right? And I was... Dude, I'm t- so you weren't, just to clarify, you weren't given much information? No. You were just like my fiance yeah. and child are being airlifted somewhere but you didn't yeah. know you didn't know why or what had happened or yeah all i knew is she had um seizures in the car your um, what your child or your no 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 so this was uh my like this was my fiance at the time fiance at the time and she was pregnant so oh, okay. she Thank had you. a seizure yep and that was due to preeclampsia which turned into eclampsia um 
And yeah, it was like, just like, you're having a baby today, basically. And I was like, dude, like, I'm not even, like, I'm 20. Like, what? You said October, doctor. You lied to me. Like, <laughs> um, it's too soon. Yeah, dude, it was hectic. Because you do pre- prepare yourself mentally. For the baby, like, and mm. it's because it's 40 weeks, you know. Yeah. So you, you do, you start to go, and you need that time to get your head around it. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I was like, I was just like, what is going on? And like, I feel like I just went into survival mode. Like, it was just like full fight or flight. I went into fight. I get to the hospital, my friends drop me off, and I like jump out of the car and I just like run in, find the maternity ward. And, like, I was working at the hospital at the time too, so, like, I knew how to get there quick. I come up the lift and they, like, open the door and it was just, like, a thing out of a, like, a movie, man. Like, she just comes past in the incubator and they're just, like, who's the father? And I'm, like, me. And then they're just, like, I'm just standing there looking at this, like, little tiny creation and she was just, there and she had so many wires and like things hanging out of her and there was like heaps of doctors and they're just like throwing all these questions at me and I'm just like just I'd let the like I just let the adrenaline just completely take over and it didn't hit me for ages like I was just so just to again just to clarify so baby was born early mm-hmm. was now yeah in like post birth mm-hmm. in a humidity crib yeah and being on life support. Well, I, yeah, they were basically trying to, like, keep her alive, like, oxygen and, like, mm. you know, all these tubes and just, yeah, it was, yeah, hectic. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't really remember too much, uh, but I think that's my my brain being like, you don't need to deal with this, dude, so we're just going to, we're going to keep the stuff that you can remember and everything else is repressed, you know, so yeah, I'm still dealing with it today, you know, with everything, I still have stuff that I can't really remember too well. It was just all happening. Huh? Yeah, dude, it was hectic. Yeah. So, and then what happened from there? Like it was all pretty tense. Yeah, and- dude, it was wild. Like yeah. um, the uh, Lola's mum, uh, she was recovering from surgery and they got the baby out like real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like running between the maternity ward and like recovery, just like running back and forth and then getting pulled in every different direction. And um, yeah, she, there was just like this crazy moment where like I was the first, like normally, you know, when they're born, it's like the mum holds them and mm. And the dad comes in and that type of stuff. But I was like the first person to hold her for like a day or two. Yeah. And it was just so hectic. Mm. Like just so hectic to hold this little tiny baby. Like just being like, I am so responsible for you. Like this is hectic. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you changed as a person in that moment? Oh, dude, yeah. Like there was a switch. Hey, like I really... I love saying that to my friends that are having children. Like I love being like, yo, like once everything's settled down and we have a chat, do you reckon like I want you to try and tell me the feeling? Yeah. And like I could ask you I could ask you that question. Like you, you can't really describe it. It's like everything you've ever felt in your entire life just jammed into one thing, but you yeah. can't put a name on it. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. You, you think you understand until you have one. I was just actually was saying that I remember when my daughter was born. Oh, you know, uh, it was via cesarean, and so my wife was getting 
uh, post-surgery and then I had to wheel her, my daughter out in one of those trolley mm-hmm. crib things with the Perspex cover. Yeah, yeah. And she was asleep. And well, she had her eyes closed, you know. And then I remember I had to, the nurse said, "Stand at this counter. I've got to do some admin stuff." And I just was like looking over, the, like leaning on the on the crib, looking at her. And then she just like opened her eyes and looked at me, and like really wide, and then looked left, and then looked right, and then looked at me. I'm just like, "Fuck!" It's like a trip, mm. you know. Like I got goosebumps talking about it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's rad. So just going back to your story, so yeah, it was intense and, and yeah. did so I don't know how to say this as delicate as possible, but um it's all respect. Yeah. Did then did she pass from there or No, so she was um in hospital for three months. Yep. Um just being a soldier, like a warrior. Like they were just all kind of being really kind and nice to us, but there was a thought in the back of both of our heads being like is she going to make it? Mm. Like all the doctors were like, we don't know. But she was just a warrior. Like she was just a straight warrior. And then got her out of hospital and, um, you know, the relationship kind of, you know, deteriorated for multiple reasons because we're both young and, you know, when she was trying to study, I was trying to skate, work full time. You know, it's just, it was too young. You know, straight up, we were just yeah. too young and we split and, um, yeah, like the story about a splitting hindsight, it's kind of funny story now, but I came back from the dentist on my birthday right. <clears throat> and um, I was jacked up, dude. Like I was like, I got what? like a couple teeth ripped out. painkillers and stuff. Yeah, dude, I was like <laughs> fried and I like walk up the balcony at the house we were living at at the time and she was like having a smoke and she like never smoked. The only time she ever had like, I guess a cigarette or whatever was when she was like super stressed. So I was like, yo, what's going on? Like, are you all right? And mm. she was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I was just like, what? what? You mean you can't do this anymore? <laughs> like I was oh, like, like, your mouth was yeah, numb. full of all like, yeah. And um, so anyway, yeah, like, you know, it's a, a sad story, but like now hindsight, I look at it, I think that's hilarious. Like, just that was my reaction. Like, like I was there, yeah, I was so cooked, dude. Like, I was coming back because I have. You super, couldn't even have a breakup conversation. <laughs> yeah, dude, and because I'm so scared of being at the dentist, I had like sedatives before I went in. Dentists. Yeah, dude, garbage. Um, so yeah, I had like sedatives and like just painkillers, and it was just gnarly. Like it was hectic, <laughs> but anyway, and it was like a real messy breakup and I think that was just because you know both of us were young and it it became like personal like it was like you hurt me I hurt you type stuff right so and you know we're all good now like we you know like I'll every now and again like she'll we'll have a talk we'll have a conversation she's in town um you know she'll uh recently she's actually been going through all of Lola's stuff that she's had in storage and been we've been really good about hey do you want this do you want that like type stuff so yeah that's really good, and we're we're slowly getting through it all, and it's yeah, pretty in, pretty intense. But um, so she was probably like it was yeah, it was pretty, she was coming up to like her third birthday, and um, she moved um her mum moved up to Goulburn, and so that's like a good hour away from Canberra, and I had her every like second weekend, and we were starting to go through the child court system, and it was just like. It was a beat down, hey, like just mm. constant, like there's no 
rules, laws around like taking kids, moving them interstate until the court stuff starts, from my knowledge. Uh, might have changed now, but um, yeah, so Friday rolled around and that was when I got her. Just sorry, on yeah, a side so. note, in that instance, because I am aware that a lot of people are affected by the family law court system mm. in Australia, did you, as a male, mm. did you feel disadvantaged in that system? Yeah, dude, like I went to a lawyer because um, I was like, yo, I need to, you know, I want to, you know, do this and I have to get a lawyer and stuff. And it was just like the lawyer just looked me dead in the face and just went, how much money have you got? And I was like, dude, I'm a 21 years old. Like I don't have any money. Like, <laughs> and she's just like, well, how much is your car worth? And I'm like, and I'm just like, I don't know, like two and a half. I had some like Bombador probably. Um, and Bombador, best cars ever. Yeah, dude, straight up. Shout out to Bombador's. Hey, like if you haven't had one, you're not living. Um, and yeah, they were just like, look, you know, this could take a long time. And, you know, I, she was like the client I'm, you know, helping right now. Like he's already put like 80K into this. And I was just like so disheartened. Like I was like, oh, cool. So I'm losing my daughter. Rad. Um, and I think that's a... Just because you didn't have the money to fight it. Yeah, dude. And like or, you can... like Not you, even fight it, but just work it out via court. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that was just because like I couldn't put my emotions aside. She can put her emotions aside and behaviors and things like that. So, you know, it was just... It was going to be like all out war. And I just, you know, like shout out to any parent right now that is going through all that stuff. Like I feel for you and you know just always remember at the end of the day it's not about what your wife what your husband what your partner did to you you know it's about your children so always take a step back and think about your children and don't weaponize them because that just messes them up man and it's not on fuck yes good job that was a good good call Thank yeah. you. Thanks for saying that. Oh, you're right, man. Like it's just don't weaponize your children. Yeah, dude. Like, like in that in that situation. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, well, like I mean, but do do you think it's because just like couples, former couples, just they just the, the emotions there, they just don't know how else to handle it. Like, I mean, I guess, but like you know, this is it's all circumstantial to each one. But I can imagine if you were you loved your partner so much and you did everything for them. And they just cheated on you. They were never there. They're never present. They're never focused or anything like that. Yeah. Um, like, dude, I can imagine the pain and the hush of being like, well, you know, oh, now you're deciding to be a father now or, you know, or, or a parent yeah, that I'm leaving. It's like, you know, that, that would kind of hurt. Yeah, and couples have the right to split up. Like a, oh, a yeah. person has the right to leave a relationship. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, 100%. But I guess it's just um, how – what conduct ensues afterwards and yeah that's what's important it's like yeah you can leave but how are you going to conduct yourself now yeah i think also too there's a lot of you know different things like you know if there's domestic violence involved drug abuse that type of stuff like that's a whole another category i guess what i'm talking about right now is like if there's a breakdown in communication and you break up for you know whatever reason um not on the extreme scale you know just kind of in that like standard, you know, 80% of why we break up, you know. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's just, it's a wild thing. Mm, but you got through, you, you survived it. You yeah, man. It. Yeah, man, got through it all. Amazing. Still here, man. Dude, it's amazing. 
Yeah. Well, like, do you think skateboarding helped you get through it? Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. Like, is skateboarding your, like, well, is that like your, what is it? What is it for you? It's like, you can put everything to the side. Like, nothing else matters except, like, what. I mean, it sounds like such a, a corny, like, cliche thing. <laughs> I feel like it's like some terrible HBO special I'm about to answer, but it's, um, I just, like, to me, it just means everything. And it was like my outlet and it was like where I fit in. And, you know, people that know me, like, I'm pretty full on. I know I am. And I know I'm like, you know, I put my foot in my mouth all the goddamn time. But, um, you know, I just, that's who I am. And I love that about myself. But, um, yeah, skateboarding for me, man, is just, it's just sick. Like the best memories in the world of happiness, solving my problems. But in the context of family life, mm-hmm. being a parent, uh, how were you able to balance your love for that and being a parent? <laughs> well, I actually didn't really learn it till like maybe till like Charlotte was born, you know. Um, so Charlotte's your... Second daughter. Second yeah. daughter. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't really learn it till then. Um, but I guess you, as a parent, you just kind of adapt. Do you know what I mean? Like as a parent, you're like six hours sleep, dude, I'm on, let's go. Like, you know, like you adapt from having eight hours sleep, 10 hours sleep when, when, when you need it to like, you get six hours sleep and you're like, like just, broken sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, yo, dude, like, I'm just going to have 20 coffees today because I've got to go to work and I've got to get it done. Um, and yeah, that's sort of how I feel I adapted to it with like balancing skateboarding and friendships and my partner and, you know, all those things. It just sort of, you just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just wake yeah. up and do it. Because you're not just skateboarding recreationally either. I mean, you are. You do it for the love, but mm. you're also skating at a fairly high level, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I watched you skate yesterday at the Boko Bowl Jam, and I, I, I know you said you were slightly injured and you were, like, taking it easy, but I still, I think you still ollied that double set. Did you ollie that? Nah, man, no, man, no way. <laughs> but you did that last year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you did, like, like a bit of a different trick. Like everyone was trying to do tricks down the double set, but then you did that roll on 50-50. Yeah. Back so 180 out, but then you took it. You, you grinded that thing so long. Yeah, like you back so 180 off the like literally the highest part of the ledge. It was sick. Yeah, oh, cheers, dude. Yeah, that was um, I was just sort of looking at it like, dude, I can't keep up with these young guns like hucking down. I was like, maybe if I just do something like, and I have I have done that before, um, like the roll on fifty thing. So I was just like, oh well, I can just I'll do that. Like yeah. you know, and then there's a crowd of what? How many people were there? You reckon two or three hundred people, maybe. Right. Yeah, probably like two hundred yeah. people. Yeah, you want to you want to stick to something a bit like a crowd pleaser. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like oh, this is a little bit creative. Like I'll go for it. You Sick. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that that I don't know his name. I feel really bad, but that guy trying the hard flip down the. Oh, top. Justin. Yeah. Yeah, is he a friend of yours? Or yeah, is he yeah, from yeah. Canberra? No, no, no. He's from Sydney. Yeah, okay. Um, but he's just like a young gun, and he's killing it, dude. That like just you know this is what I think non skaters don't understand that these guys were breaking themselves mm. like and the the mental like battle that they have and and the physical battle that they have mm. for for really nothing like maybe a little bit of money like they might have got I think he might have got a hundred bucks or something yeah but it's like who does that well, what other sportsman does that for you know it's yeah just dude. pure love passion yeah. and it's just like such a like 
such a hit of like dopamine. Like you land it and you're just like, yeah, dude, I landed that trick. And then you like watch it back on the camera and you're like, that's sick. High five and all your friends and stuff. And then you go home and sit down on your couch and you're just like, all right, what's the next gnarly thing I'm going to do? Like, you know, you full chase it, a tactic. It's fleeting, bro. Mm. It's so fleeting. Uh, it just reminded me of a, a past guest I had on, Taylor Jensen, who was a three-time world champion longboarder. Uh, yeah. I'm not even into longboarding, but he's yeah, just yeah. a legend of a guy. And he said he, his whole life he wanted to win a world title. Mm-hmm. And then he won a world title and he said he got back to his hotel room and he burst in tears and he's like, well, what do I do now with my life? Like, I'm so bored. Oh, I better try and win another world title. And yeah. he goes, that'll make everything better. Won a second one. And he said it was the exact same feeling except worse. Like, the satisfaction didn't last any longer. Mm-hmm. You know? But we chase these moments and we, we put our body on the line for it, don't we? Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> you could probably put that, like, I guess, into life in general, really. You know, you have these, like, little goals. And then you have these big goals that you, you want to reach, you know. So it's like, for example, you know, like you, some people um, you know, want to get married and then they want to buy a house and they want to have kids and they want to renovate the house and then they want to, you know, you're basically doing the same thing. You're just, you know, ticking the boxes for you. And um, I think that's something really important that a lot of people need to know is like you've got to tick your boxes first, um, you know, before – you decide to have um, children because I'm just talking in my regard to this could be completely different and if that's what you want to do like you do you boo I'll support you that's sick but um, for me I found like you know I wouldn't change anything Um, you know obviously I would change one thing Um, but you know I guess what like you know talking about today like I guess the message I want everyone to take away is like I have learned the absolute hardest way to be a better person and it sucks and I don't want anyone ever to go through it all. Are you ref- are you referring though to your relationship breakdown? Yeah and like the first well, one yeah yeah uh, the first one no the second one like work through it it's all gravy now um, but like I mean I'm going to be pretty vulnerable right now like you're interviewing a dude that's on his second divorce, you know, like, and I'm under 30 and like people are probably going to rip on me a little bit. Why? But like, why do they rip on you? I know, man, I've had like, I've had some people say some like pretty outlandish stuff about that, but. But have they looked at the statistics? No, probably not. You know, it's actually more common than it's not common. Yeah. And that, and that's why I want to speak to people like you because I kind of want to, I want to get to the, maybe the core of it a little bit. Like, like there's no one to blame, but, Mm. Why aren't couples staying together more? That's that. That's what I want to know. Like, where have mm. we? What's wrong as this as a society, and and what's wrong with that institution or that structure mm. that doesn't work? And statistically, it doesn't work. And you just referred to like your second marriage didn't mm. work or relationship, but actually, statistically, you're more likely to split up the second time than you are the first time. Did you mm. know that? Oh, really? Yeah. That's hectic. That's what, so, so they reckon the, the, the separation and divorce rate is higher for the second marriage than the first marriage. So Dang. So it's actually like in Australia, it's like 48% of first marriages divorce. Dude. But 60%, and don't quote me exactly, but oh, it's yeah. around that. If anyone wants to Google it, I hope you do. It's around 60% of second marriages separate. Yeah, right. So 
you know, like, I just want to say that to you because, like, please, like, I hope you don't have any apprehension or feel bad about that. No, it's it's not that. I think it's just more of the fact that, like, you know, let, like, obviously, we'll dive into the whole, like, you know, losing my daughter thing, but this is, like, a, a lovely timeline for everyone listening of what's happened from the age of, like, 20 to 30, yeah? So, it's, like, found out I was going to be a dad, had a baby, pretty much like a shotgun wedding because I thought it was the right thing to do. Divorce, not even a year later. Child passes away. Like death and despair, just horrible stuff for like four years that is just wild. Suicidal thoughts, all those things, like just wanting to die every day, like couldn't care if I crashed my motorbike, kind of the reason why I got my motorbike. Um, And then it's like, you know, quit skating, stop skating, resented skateboarding, hated all my friends that skateboarded and then got back on the board, found a little bit of happiness, got married <clears throat> and then, you know, divorce and then like just back to square one again. Being in this house just on my own, like, dude, this is legit how I felt when I was 20 and... That's my timeline in 10 years. That's what I've dealt with in 10 years. And my grandpa passing away too in between that too. Like he was the man. He was mm. my everything to me. And he passing away too. He was like the dude. He was the man. And, you know, I dealt with all of that in that past. And when I started my CBT job, Lola was only not here anymore for like four months. So she'd passed four months earlier. Yeah. And then I literally just got a job where I was going to help people. You know, and I thought that was a really good distraction at the time. But but the burnout I had after was wild. Yeah. Because, I mean, helping other people is a great way to get out of your own head. It, it, do, it does work. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. But is it good for self-care? <laughs> no way, yeah. So dude. it wasn't yeah. for you? No, because I think it was. I was just avoiding. Mm. You know, I was like, oh, maybe if I help all these people, like, I'll feel better. Yeah. Right? And um, shout out to my dog right now. It's fine. <laughs> bit of bad. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. A bit, of, a bit of ambient noise. Yeah. Don't worry. It's good, Ryan. You're a legend. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I think it was really bad. Like I remember the day that I realized I needed to like quit. I'd just seen like a client. Obviously, I can't talk about it, but it was like pretty intense. And I was standing in the office on my own and I started like almost kind of like had tunnel vision. Like I was going to black out. Mm. And I was like, what the, what, what is that? And I was like shaking and like I just had really gnarly anxiety symptoms. But, you know, we all know people in fields like, you know, midwives are the worst patients. You know, nurses are the worst patients. Uh, Teachers are the worst students. Yeah, like, you know, that type. It's so <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, not me, but like, you know, I've got my <laughs> stuff together. Um, and yeah, and like I just remember driving home and I couldn't concentrate and like music was like, there was too much noise. I was panicking, I was freaking out. And then I just, I couldn't sleep that night. I was having like, I was like throwing up before going to work. Yeah. I was having like super gnarly anxiety. And then I was just like, made this hell hectic decision like, oh, I'm going to go do a trade. I'm sick of this. And just full blown rang up a dude and was like, yo, 
I want to do an apprenticeship. And the dude was like, all right, cool. You start in like three weeks. I was like, oh, man. Were you happy for it? Happier for it though? Yeah, dude. See, that's good. Like, I just think you listen to your body and went, okay, this isn't working for me. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people don't. Like, I know I'll, I've got this tendency to just grind things out and, be, and mm. because I'm too scared of making a change. Yeah. You know, but like, is it good for me? Maybe not. Like, yeah, I think, you know, also too, like, I had a massive change. My whole world collapsed. So, like, I'm just like, oh, well, this choice, it might be bad, but. I'll get through it. But dude, like, sorry, I just, I don't know you that well, but I think like your success lies in the fact that you survived it. You got through it. Like you're optimistic. You've got a a really good personality. You're happy. You're healthy. You're skating. Like to me, that's a win. Oh yeah. And it's all circumstantial. And how do you gauge, how do you gauge success in this fucking life? Mm. I don't know. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Like I'm I'm trying to learn about people and and what we all suffer from and what we all go through. Mm. And, and I've just realized that it's so circumstantial. Yeah. And you, your circumstances were dealt very hard. Yeah. Let's let's face it. And you survived it. And that's, and that's, that's a success to me, you know? Um, and we often talk around, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Nah. So he, Maslow talks, he's a, I guess, was he a philosopher or a, soci- a sociologist? Just talks about what a human being needs to um, self-actualize and be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Without the foundations of uh, food and water, mm-hmm. shelter, okay, and then I think the next level is, um, I think, love, Okay, yep. so, and then 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 you start getting into like self realization and mm-hmm. identity and stuff like that, yep. and that's when someone really starts to thrive. But they'll never be able to thrive until they have those foundation areas. So, mm-hmm. you know, for you, like things like love was stripped away from you, and yeah. um, you know, and then maybe if you were in a, a breakup, you might have been displaced for a while and didn't have yeah. didn't have stable housing. Yeah, and there's so many in our so many people in our society who don't have love and they don't have stable uh, housing, mm-hmm. or they they don't know where the next meal is coming from. Dude, yeah. So how the how are they going to self actualize and be the best version of themselves and succeed by society's you know standards that are set, which, oh. are, which are purely based in materialism? Yeah, you know, dude, you see that stuff all the time on yeah. Instagram, like uh, dudes just running some cliche like. You just have to work hard like me. I fucking hate that. And there's like a picture of like a, a Lambo in the background. It's like, bro, like you just got lucky. Like everything, <laughs> it, like so you got lucky. You did some day trading and at the time that happened, like don't sit there and be like, yeah, bro, if you just work like me, like you're going to make a million dollars. Well, I bet you you don't have three kids and I bet you don't like work four jobs to keep those kids fed yeah. and you're done by the end of the day. How are they supposed to work for another four hours? Like, dude... Get off your high horse and your Gucci shoes and like take a hike, bud. Get off Instagram. Stop ruining people's lives. <laughs> yeah, and 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 thing is, what what I've what I've realised and learned and from other people and myself is that you can lose it just like that. Yeah, dude. You know, and it could be like the death of a loved one could mm-hmm. be the catalyst for that, or a breakup. I mean, there's there's a, a legion of men in the world mm. who, from a a, a bad breakup. Lost everything, mm-hmm. you know, and um, some of those some of those men are on, on the streets, homeless, mm-hmm. and 
some of those men have taken their own lives because yeah, because of the loss was so vast. Mm. And you know, listening to what you're saying, like there's been some heavy loss. Mm. You know, and I see it, but I see a successful person. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate that. Anyway, I'm going on a rant, but you just sort of triggered something in me. That, oh, sick. Yeah. Anyway, that's good, dude. No. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. where were we with, this, with your story, bro? Yeah, I know. I think we digress, but hey, that's cool. I'm okay with that. That's how my brain works. So look, look. Let's just let's just get it out of the way and get it done. Yeah. Because I think you've you've put a really good context to it all. But you know, and, and you and you don't have to go into the details of how mm. it happened. But you lost your first daughter. Yeah. Um, when she was the age of around two. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I just as being a father myself, I just I can't imagine it. So, yeah, dude. Like I said. I see a successful person that you, Thanks, you survived an incident like that in your life. Yeah. And that, that trauma is would be unimaginable. Yeah. So um, basically all that happened was is on the Friday I was meant to have her. Um, I like didn't get a phone call from her mum like all day, right? And, you know, in my, like, in my TED talk I kind of like sort of just gave the brief outline but I didn't want to go into it too much because it's not about slagging. It was just like this is my story but – here, you know, I can kind of be a little bit more personable, like, you know, person, more of a person. I don't even know the word right now. <laughs> you got it. Um, but basically, I was meant to get her on the Friday and I didn't get a phone call at all. And I was just like, oh, this bullshit again, da, da, da. You know, and I was just like young, stupid, whatever. And I was sitting at home and I had nothing. I couldn't get a hold of Lola's mum, like nothing. And I was like, what? Anyway, I get this like phone call and... I used to ring her every day I didn't have her, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, used to just talk on the phone. Just, you know, two-year-old shit. You yeah, know, like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, right. I can count to ten and my favourite animal's a bug, you know, and we'd laugh and just make silly noises. Like, it was the best. I loved it. But I didn't call her on those, like, the two nights before she passed away because I was just flat out being an adult, right? And I carry that with me every damn day, dude. Mm. I was like, shit, like, I could have done something, right? And so on the Friday, I'm trying to ring, I'm trying to ring, I'm trying to ring, leave a voicemail. And I was just like, you know, whatever, she'll call me back. Like, I, sh- I shouldn't be stressing about this. Like, just, you're getting it over your head, Josh, just relax. And so we're like sitting in, I'm just like sitting in the house and I just get this <laughs> phone call and I'm like raged. Like, I'm looking at it and I was just like, dude, why is her mum ringing me? Like, what the, answer the phone, I'm like, yo, like, what's going on? And they're just like, she's like, sit down, Josh. And I was like, what? And she's like, sit down. And instantly, dude, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they've been in a car crash or, like, something's happened. And, like, that was where, like, how crazy is that? Like, that was where your head goes, right? Same example, you got a phone call, right? And it was like, this is grandma and, you know, I need you to sit down. I need to tell you something. The first thing in your head is not that they died. It's like, oh, they've been in a car crash or, like, they've had an accident. They've broken their arm, you know? And that's all I was ready for. I was like, maybe you know, Lola's had a complication with something and she's in hospital. So I was getting ready for that. She's like, sit down. And I was like, All right. like I sat down and I was like, just you know, fucking tell me. Like I was getting really frustrated. And then she's just like, Lola got into the next door neighbor's pool and drowned. And I was just like, what? Like, dude, I can't even time like fucking stood still, dude. Like I will never, ever, ever forget that moment. Like, just being like, what the fuck? And I'm like, all right. And so, like, I just, like, got in the car um, and with my partner. 
and pinned it, like hauled ass to Goulburn and we're talking and trying to comprehend what the just happened. Like I'm like, my daughter's fucking dead. What? What? And I wasn't, I didn't cry. I, did, I was like, I was in that much fucking shock and I get to the police station and I walk in there and I'm like, yo, like I'm the fucking dad. And the worst part was, this is the thing that like I haven't really, I didn't talk about it in my TED talk because it was, that wasn't the time. Those police officers, like she passed away at 10.30 in the morning, dude. And I got the fucking phone call at 8.30 at night. Like, and so I walked into that police station. I was, dude, I was ready to fuck someone up, man. Like I was just like, how dare? Like you guys couldn't find me yet if I was like, a piece of shit stealing cars and like dealing drugs, you'd find me in 10 minutes. Like, how dare you? Like, and they just like were judging me, looking at me. Like, I was like, dude, you don't even know me. Like, oh, dude, like, you know, even talking about it now, like I was rage. Like it took them, it took someone 12 hours to contact me or 10 hours, sorry, about my daughter passing away. Right. I went through my whole entire day my whole day dude at work waiting for her to come around and no one could get a hold of me. No one could get a hold of my partner. No one could get, like, are you joking? You know what I mean? And my, like, parents found out before me. My cousin found out before me. So many other people found out before me, but no one wanted to ring me because I understand that's a pretty intense thing. Me as the father was the last person to find out. Like that is, yeah, it's cooked, man. So like, yeah, she, like she drowned and like there was, dude, the gnarliest experience. Like I barely slept that night. I was, you know, Mm. had a few drinks, I guess. I can definitely tell you that. And, you know, and it's like organizing a funeral. Like I had to organize a funeral and like, you know, like what are you joking mm. like that was the thing it was literally like she passed away and it was like i rang my and do you know how awkward it was ringing my boss Just, hey dude i'm not coming in for a couple of weeks oh hey what you know what is everything all right yeah man my daughter passed away oh right um yeah okay like i'm just just call us when you want to come back and just hung up the phone and like i'm not mad at him like dude that's a pretty hectic phone conversation at seven o'clock in the morning on a <clears throat> Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Did, I mean, because did you start to have feelings of, did it make you feel isolated in the fact that because it is such a gnarly situation and a gnarly thing to happen that mm. people were just, uh, probably just didn't have the, the tools on yeah. how to actually approach you. So they avoided you. Did that happen? So it was just more like my phone was going off for okay. like, a long time. Okay. Um, and so people were friends were reaching out. And yeah, 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 yeah. But they just, you know, it got to the point where I was like, just don't fucking ring me. Okay. Like, what you're just gonna say is, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and you know, and I'm talking about it like I'm angry, and it's not that I was angry at anyone, mm. but in the situation, I was like, dude, don't ring me and just say like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, I don't want to hear that. No. Like, just don't ring me. Let me do my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it almost became stressful. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, there was that whole thing of just like, why didn't I save her? Why I could have like, you know, I could have been a better dad. Right. 
And like I hold that shit every day, dude. Like I hold it forever. And it doesn't matter how many people say like you couldn't do anything. It's like, yeah, but you're, you're saying that. And, and, you know, really I couldn't do anything, but that's not going to change how I feel. For the rest of my life, I'm going to wake up and be like, why didn't I be better? Why? And, you know, all the, and then I sat there and thought about all the times that, like, I was an asshole dad. I was, you know, I, I would rather go skateboarding. I'd rather not cuddle her goodnight or, or be there when she's frustrated, you know? Like, my first child, like, I was the shittest dad straight up. And that pain. I, I don't know. To hear you say that you were the shittest dad, like, I, I don't know. I don't... I, I, I could have been better, maybe. Yeah, but I think, can't we all... Yeah, dude, you know, straight up. It's like you, were, you were 20 years old, bro. Like, yeah, I, I hope you're yeah. not being too hard on yourself. Like, I probably am. Yeah, you are. Like, mm. I mean, like, you know, I mean, when I was 20, dude, like, I could barely cook freaking rice on the stove to make myself dinner, you know. Yeah, shout like, out to the noodles. <laughs> noodles, like, let alone, like, raise a child. So, yeah, I hope you're kind to yourself there. You know? I think, yeah, like you, now. I think what I like about you, Josh, is that you've you made this decision to learn from, yeah. from what you could do better and what maybe, I don't like to call them mistakes, but, yeah. you know, how you could have done stuff differently. Yeah, and I think like, you know, like I, you know, organized her funeral and stuff like that and that was like really intense and there was a lot of fighting back and forth about that stuff, but... um this is like, you know, pretty intense too, talking about this. But um, so I actually like went and viewed her before we buried and um, that was gnarly. That was the longest, shortest hour of my life sitting in that room with her. Mm. And like, you know, I really needed that. Yeah. Closure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, dude. I, I guess I want to just delve into, so what have you done in the years after in mm. terms of um, supporting yourself mentally? Like what um, strategies did you use? Did you go and seek, you know, therapy or counselling or? Yeah, so basically the first like two, three years after that, I like, you know, got really angry at my friends, um, you know, for no reason at all. Yeah. Um, I got angry at them, resented skateboarding. I remember I rang Folklore and I told them. And Which I is was, your board sponsor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, shout out to these guys because they've had my back and this will make some sense once I tell the story. Um, I rang them and was just like, yeah, this is what happened. My daughter passed away. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm out. Yeah. And... They, every like, probably like eight or nine months, they just would send me like one or two boards. Oh, sweet. They were just like, there you go. And after like two, three years, I remember like being like, yo, I want to get back into skateboarding. And I could like barely kickflip. And I was like, I mean, maybe I could hit them up. Yeah. And so I was like, yo, what's up? I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Um, I'm really enjoying skateboarding again. I wonder if like we could get something going. I understand if we can't. And like, dude, they've had my back. And so I have Trilogy. Like, Trilogy's had my back. They've, they have seen... Trilogy and Folklore have seen me go from the young, hyperactive ADHD kid to who I am today, which is just a hyperactive 
ADHD adult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they have been there for me, like folklore without a doubt, like especially Dave too. Like I remember when I went into Dave and was just like, yeah, I'm going to start skating again. I'm going to buy a new setup. And that was before I hit folklore up. Yeah. And um, they were just like, okay. Cool. Whatever you need, we got you. And when I rang folklore and was like, you know, I want to do this. They were just like, yeah, dude, 100%. Sick. And like that is a a wild thing to think about. Hence why I, I love them to death. Because, dude, straight up, like, the team manager, like, Paddy, Paddy Gemzik, and if people who are skating on here, like, are listening here, sorry, like, he's the G's dude in the world. He is the most amazing human being in the world, and I love him. And I remember he rang me and, like, was like, yo, like, you know, let's get some boards going, you know, let's do this stuff. And I was just like, dude, this is, like, my favorite Australian skateboarder. And he like is talking to me. Oh my god! <laughs> and now we're like best buds. Sick, it's like crazy. Man. I love it. <laughs> Dude, it's right. And yeah. like while we're talking about your st- sponsors, I, I noticed you picked up a new shoe sponsor. Yeah, hyped, hyped. That's so rad. How'd you score that? Um, so I just like kind of the guy that's running the distribution in Australia. Um, he gave me my first board sponsor when I was like sixteen, and I just basically was. Like, you know, just sent a cheeky email like, hey, dude, do you remember me? Like, I was 16, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, didn't get back to me for ages and I was just like, ah, I gave it a shot, but I'm just going to buy Fallen Shoes anyway, whatever. Yeah. And um, I hit him back. And he, oh, sorry, he, I sent him another email because I was like, yo, dude, I'm going to make this happen. Like, I don't care. And he was just like, hey, dude, like, I remember you. And we started talking, building that rapport. And I was just like, yo, dude, like, I want to get on Fallen. Like, I want it. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, dude, like right now we're just like sort of starting up, but like I can give you shoes like at a like, you know, discounted rate, send you some free stuff when we can. And I was like, ah, right, cool. Like, let's get it. And anyway, just like grinding, grinding, you know, like just getting it done, like, you know, and every now and again, you know, just like buying shoes and like doing that stuff, but like heavy discounted rate and stuff. And I was just like, I'm going to stick this out to the end. Like I don't... Um, like I'm riding this out, even if I don't get hooked up. Like I just want to ride fallen shoes because yeah, like, I love them. You like them. And anyway, yeah. So you know, lots of talking, all that type of stuff. And then I got announced on like, what, where was I? It was like a real bad reception. So it would have been like a Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Steve McKinnis, who's been helping me out with that too. So shout out to Steve and happy birthday today, dude. Um, he basically was just like. Yo, fallen, and I was just like, "What?" And he's like, "Haven't you seen the post yet?" And I was like, "What? What post, dude? I've got no internet where I am." And he's just like, "Oh my god, you're on!" I'm so sorry, I just ruined your surprise because <laughs> they posted it to like surprise me. So yeah, that was pretty funny. That's rad. Yeah, dude, it was hectic. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty juiced on that, like riding for fallen. And if anyone knows me, when I was a kid, it was like all I wore from the age of like 14 to. 18 when they went when they went under like the first time because what what advice would you give to young kids who want to get sponsored like do you do you advise them to hit sponsors up and go hey you know not i'm keen or you know i guess it's changed so much with like instagram because you you got your stuff there it's really easy to contact anyone right in this day and age they can check you out it's like sponsor me tapes kind almost yeah dude like like your profile could be like one big sponsor me tape really yeah pretty much (laughs) hey but um i guess in that regard i would just more say like 
I don't know, like just skate. Don't even, that stuff will come to you. You know what I mean? Like right now, just have fun and like do it and just skate with your friends and have fun. And some of the raddest skate videos I've ever watched in my entire life that have got me psyched up to skate are like homie videos from like, you know, Europe and like America or like some random homie vid in like Perth or something like that. You know, yeah. that type of stuff gets me so juiced up yeah. because like, you know, like Baker three is like the epitome of that. Yeah. You know, like I love that movie. So sick. But yeah. Sick. Ugh. Or Baker two G. Baker two G goes to, yeah. But my favorite one of all times, like dying to live, like, you know, but obviously for reasons, um, like I'm obsessed. Like I love. Does like, Chris Cole still write for Fallen? Yeah, dude, he just got back on. Actually, I'm wearing his shoes right. Oh no, I was wearing his shoes and I, I changed wasn't them. Sure, because I wasn't yeah, sure no, if he dropped on. off or he did. So he went to DC, I think, and then just yeah, <laughs> yeah. fanboy right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris Cole rules though. Let's face it, dude. Straight up, I don't care how lame it sounds, dude. That dude's the best, like, dude. I fan out all the time. Yeah, straight up. It's all about fanning out. Yeah, dude. I I don't know. Like, there's <laughs> times and places for it, obviously. Like, hey, dude, like, just so you know, like, I'm not, like, creepy stalker or anything. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> uh, but, no, nah, dude, like, I think when you, you know, I think in this day and age, like, especially with, I guess, like, skateboarding in that regard, is, like, you, like, being cool and, like, not saying anything is, like, kind of, like, going away now. And like kind of being open and honest and having like and telling people that they're, you know, hey dude, like you're awesome or like, hey dude, I think you're rad. Like I think that's actually like kind of becoming normal now. It's, it's I've noticed it. And that's sick, dude. When I say I've noticed it, it's because I do it to people. Yeah. But <laughs> dude, there is no skateboarder on this earth. And like I would bet so much money on it. Every skateboarder in this world, they could act as cool as they wanted, but the moment their favorite person that they idolize yeah. walked up to them and said hello. There is no way that they wouldn't fan out. Yeah. <laughs> like, change my mind straight up. <laughs> That's cool. No, I agree. I so agree. Now, I do see a shift in skating, even at Belco Bowl Jam yesterday. Like, there was less, yeah, you know, I just found it was very, everyone's very open and friendly. And there was, I didn't really feel like there was a, too much of a cool vibe. People weren't, mm. you know, closed off. You know, but my memories of those big skate comps was that it could get a little bit like vibey sometimes if mm. you're, you know, not in the right crew and you could feel like an outsider. But yeah, no, it's, I think skating's really opening up, you know. It's, it is for everyone. That's the best is. part about it. But unfortunately, it's when way it, more inclusive. Yeah, but the problem is when it is for everyone and it should be. Unfortunately, when, you know, you invite everyone in, you know, but with any sport or any, you know, activity, hobby, whatever you do, there's always going to be like clicks and, you know, gatekeepers as gatekeepers. People, yeah, gatekeepers that don't want anything to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um there was that whole thing with the um the independent um like the Iron Cross thing and they changed the logo. Um, you know, which is sick that they did that. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like it's sick they were just like, yep, cool, like we're changing this, right? Mm-hmm. And there was just so many people that were like so like up in arms about it mm. and it's just like dude like it is what it is man like yeah. just get on board with it roll with it like if you, if you don't have something like if you don't have something nice to say don't say it at all okay <laughs> like it's that simple you know what i mean like i'm I'm a firm believer in that like you know yeah like you have your, t- your space with your friends that you can say how you feel yeah you know but like generally in general like just don't say mean stuff like just high five rad times guys come on <laughs> 
Dude, that's 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 almost like a good way to end. Actually, mm. like, high five, good times. Yeah, dude, straight up. Yeah, dude, like that's and like you know, and I do want to start winding it up, but it's like, yeah, it, it, you said it at the start, like it's like it's all about being in the present moment. Yeah, dude, you know? and and I really do believe, like, no matter how gnarly your past has been, mm-hmm. you know, like if you just keep bring or even your present or things that are going on in your life, no, how how, how much to fall on there, if you just keep bringing yourself back to the present moment, mm-hmm. you just can cope better. Yeah, you can just cope with life better because you don't have to, you don't have to worry about what happened five minutes ago. Yeah, you know, and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen in five minutes' time. Like, yeah, dude, stay in the moment. It's okay. Like, I you're think, actually okay. Yeah, dude. Like to you know, pretty much. I guess like you know, sum it up is like, you know, be, be kind. You know, uh, you know, have some humility. Like you know, empathize with people. Listen. Like actually, listen. Listen. Don't. Don't listen for the sake of listening and don't listen to respond. You know, it's, you know, that's, you got to listen, empathize and like really sort of be like, okay, this is a problem. How are we going to deal with it? Because that's like the biggest thing too. It's not, if you have an issue, like, you know, say for example, you and me had an issue, right? I don't know. You're like pissed off at me because I said something, whatever, right? The problem is between you and me. It's not between you, me, and your 10 friends that you're going to talk to about. It's not you and yeah. me and the dude you're going to post on Facebook about, whatever. Like, the problem is between you two, like two people, and you have to sit there and talk about it. And it sucks sometimes. But mm. it's so important because if you, you know, like with the whole, like, I guess we were talking before about the, you know, like rates of divorce and rates of splitting up yeah. and all that type of stuff. It's like upon reflection with me, <laughs> The biggest thing I found is like when the problem, like when you get to the the breakup stage, that's like the fork in the road, right? But there are like 30, 40 other different bumps before you get to that point. You need to talk about those bumps before you get to the fork in the road, right? Um, And that's, I reckon that's a big thing. And that goes with friends, family. So you're sort of saying if if you're not having those uncomfortable conversations, then all of a sudden you find yourself at the fork in the road, but... You need, to, you need to be constantly communicating. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Straight I, I agree. And I think, I mean, I know I'm not great at it I'm, I, <laughs> and I wasn't in relationships, but yeah, I think a lot of dudes struggle with that. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. And we avoid uncomfortable conversations because it's, 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 mm. it's hard. It's, it's a pain in the ass. Like, you don't want to have to do it, but yeah. it's so important. And the, the biggest thing that I want to say too in this is like we've talked a lot about, um, you know, like men, like copying it, you know, like you, I guess in like in the family court laws and stuff like that. But the thing, I mean, not in that regard, but I just want to really let everyone know that like straight up, like if you're in a violent relationship, whether you're a female, a, a male, you know, whatever uh, person, whatever, like you don't deserve it. Like you do not deserve that. No matter how many times they tell you, no matter how many, whatever, and you are so much stronger than you think you are. And when you take that leap, you take that beautiful leap and leave, like, you're amazing. And you, so anyone that's going through this right now, anyone that's homeless, anyone that's like dealing with all this stuff, like, you are so strong and you are a beautiful person and you're doing the right thing. And like, it will get better. I promise you. Yes, brother. Yeah. Nice. That's good. That's good call. That's a good call. Now, listen, brother. I ask all, all guests to come to the podcast with a cause they want to support or yep. advocate for. 
So what do you got for us today? So the one that I've picked is uh, Tura Women's uh, Inc. Um, and the reason that is is... What's it called? Uh, Tura. I'm probably How do you spell that? T-O-O-R-A. Oh, okay. I've probably really mispronounced that. I'm so bad with that stuff. No, that's all right. So sorry. Tura. Yep. Yeah, so what is it? Uh, so they're just a non-for-profit organization um, and they've been... Uh, Delivering gender-specific services to women in the ACT and surrounding since 1982. Yeah. And their mission statement is uh, safety, respect, and choice uh, for women. Um, It's it's basically that's their goal. And I think that's my biggest thing. Like if you guys after this go listen to uh, my like TED Talk, like that's sort of what it's about. My journey as a father and being better and talking about how to stop domestic violence. Like we need to look at it differently, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we need to shed light on it. I mean, it's, again, it's uncomfortable to talk about for a lot of dudes. Straight up. And, and women. Like, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard for everyone. But mm. let's get the conversation out on the table because I think once you start raising awareness and exposing it, um, mm-hmm. it seems to, you know, that's progress. No, yeah, that's dude. When, that's when the healing starts to happen. That's when mm-hmm. the change starts. Yeah. You know, so that and that's my opinion. So that's why I love these conversations so much. Yeah. And um, you know, one last thing too: tell your male friends that you love them and hug them straight up. Do it. Yes, dude. I'm hitting you up for a hug after this. Dude, straight up yeah. facts, dude. I'm always about it. <laughs> and, Ryan, and Ryan, Ryan's here filming. Yeah, dude. We got hugs I'm, going. I hug Ryan all the time, actually. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm all about it, literally, yeah. every time. He, yeah. he doesn't hug me back, but that's okay, right? I that's love you. It's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I've got a friend. I've got a friend who I've grown up with since I was 11, and he's done a lot for me. Like, <clears throat> we really, and he's always there for me, you know, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, he always seems to be supporting me. I never do jack shit for him. Yeah. <laughs> but I say, <laughs> I say, I love you, man. I love you. And he, he'll just, he'll never, ever say it back, and he won't let me hug him or whatever. Yeah. And then... I feel like I'm going to cry, actually. And I said to him the other day, he did something for me that I really needed help with. And he goes, mm. I said, oh, man, I love you, man. I really love you. And I said, you don't have to say it back to me, you know. He goes, I said, but it would, I'd appreciate it one day. Yeah. And he just looks at me and goes, my actions speak louder than words. And then walked off. Oh, dude, that's some and badass like, Hollywood gangster, you yeah, do love me, G-G. you know. <laughs> But couldn't say it, you know. Yeah. But I just think even hearing you say that, like I speak to a lot of dudes now and I'm speaking mm. to a lot of people, a lot of men yeah. who talk about being open, speaking about their feelings, telling friends they love them. Like mm. I think the culture's changing. Like, yeah, dude. I really think it is, man. Yeah. You know, like people, dudes are getting, they're, they're getting more open. Yeah. Yes. And dude, straight up, like I love, mm. dude, it's the best. You know, like, and a lot of dudes for women, for the right, for, for for the rights of women, and supporting women. I, there's, I think dudes genuinely want that, and we yeah. are we are aware of the statistics around um, domestic violence. Mm. You know, and and men are predominantly the perpetrators. There's there's yeah. no questioning of that statistic. Mm. You know, but I think conversely, that men are also very disadvantaged in our society, and th- and that needs to also be. You know, remembered as well. You know, you got to remember that men have the highest morbidity rates. We have the we have the highest um, suicide rates. We have the highest rates of homelessness. We have the highest rates of incarceration. Mm-hmm. Okay, our life expectancy is significantly less than women. So, 
we're all struggling here. And I just think let's, we need to be working together, not against each mm. other. And right. I just, I just love it when men are advocating for women yeah. and, I, and, and women are advocating for men. Like let's, let's, let's change it. Yeah, dude, straight up. Like if you, like if my, if she, like I, I talk about it a lot, like Charlotte being my second chance, you know, right. I talk about it. Right, rad. dude. It's so rad. Redemption. Yeah. yeah, dude. And it's just like, I'm going to be the best I can be. And the, the craziest thing that I think about so much is like, I want her to grow up to be a strong, like a strong, like woman. Right. And, you know, I want her to, I want to have such an open dialogue with her. And this is like, I'm talking to all the males right now, like straight up, like whenever you're with your daughter, whenever you're hanging out, just think about this every single day. If my daughter dated someone like me, would I be happy? Right? Because that's only something that you can change, right? That's straight up. So you are responsible. You are so responsible for your behavior and how you act because your daughter is She's going to love you first. You're going to be the first man that she loves. Mm. And you have a responsibility to show what the correct male behavior is, right? And if you don't, like, you need to sit down, take a hard look at yourself because that's your job, right? Yeah, man. And if you're, like, straight up, if my daughter, you know, in 15 years or five years, 10, whatever, comes into the house and just goes, yeah, this is my girlfriend. All right, cool. Whatever. That's, that's my goal. I want my goal to be that she doesn't even have, we don't even have to have some uncomfortable conversation. You know, she can just come up to me and be like, you know, dad, like I've been thinking about these things and I want, you know, I think I'm, you know, I think I, I, I am a, you know, I am a boy, right? I would not want her to ever think that I'm going to judge her. I'm just going to be like, all right, well, cool. What do we need to do? Yeah. Like sick, let's go. We got whatever's got to happen. And I think that's where it all lies, right? Yeah, men have, are going through the whole, like, you know, we have higher incarceration rates, we have higher suicide and all that stuff. But we, if we make the change and start talking about feelings and start talking about saying to your friends, I love you, being a better role model as a parent, if we do all this stuff, it's the ripple effect, man. It's Straight up. It's, well, it's going to change culture, and then and, and and you know what? We might not see the change in our lifetime. No. That, that that's the thing. Yeah. And that's where it's like in our society where we want to see instant results. Yeah. We just have to accept that we're not going to see instant results, but no. we are we are doing it for for our children and then their children, and you know what I mean. <clears throat> so that's where it's important. Yeah, dude. Dropping the ocean. Dropping the ocean. Yeah, dropping the ocean. But like, I think I'm old enough now to see cultural shifts. Yeah, bro. And 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 so like, it's made me realize that we like you can change culture. Yeah, man. And it's happening. And it's happening in skateboarding. Yeah, dude. You know, with the cultural shift, like you know, you know like here's, here's one. I seen a I seen a transgender skateboarder at the at Belco Skate Park the other day, mm. like yesterday. Yeah. Um, skating in a in a you know in a skirt. Mm. Um, you know, uh, of, yeah, I mean, I get uncomfortable. I don't know how to. I don't know how to say the right terminology because I don't want to offend anyone. But yeah. definitely a transgender skateboarder. Now, there was no problems there. I mean, but honestly, when I grew up skating in the nineties, you know, like a transgender skateboarder at the skate park, 
that's going to raise eyebrows. That that was going to turn heads. Yeah. But no one even batted an eyelid. And I was like, this is rad. Yeah. This is inclusivity. Yeah. How's it like they can come down on the park and they can be themselves. Mm. And who knows, that might be their only safe space. And like, how sick is that? You know, like yeah. skateboarding went from like being a deviant, mischievous, you know, out of control person to like, this rad community vibe yeah. thing. And I think that's so important. And, so important. you know, with that whole thing we were just talking before about, the, you know, the shift, like we put in the work now and it will move forward. But I really reckon, you know, if we all just just say I love you, talk about your feelings and be vulnerable, guys. It's not, it's, it's hard, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And that is important. So like straight up, Tell your friends you love them. And also... I'm ready. I'm ready. The one thing you can do with your kid too, if you haven't said I love you to them in 10 years, just give them a hug. Ask them how their day was. Just do it. One small step. But that's me. Anyway, that's just my... I could go on about it for hours, yeah, but anyway. I, I can't not say it. I say it too much. It, like it annoys them. Like they tell me to say <laughs> But I don't care. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> we digress again. Yeah. Now listen, um, if you scroll down in this episode, you'll find a link to the cause that... Uh, Josh is advocating for, which is the Tura Foundation uh, for Women. Um, So jump on the website, have a look at it, and I see how you can, you know, support or be involved. And, um, yeah, there's another opportunity to be of service to the community. So that's why I have come with a cause on this podcast. So giving listeners, you know, a vast array of opportunities to link with ways they can be of service to the world. And like Josh said earlier, when you're helping others or being of service in some way, it's just where the good feelings are. Mm-hmm. It's like a little life hack. Yeah, so, and everyone wins. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so get on, check it out. And you can find this episode on terriblehappytalks.com uh, and uh, whatever your preferred listening platform is. It always helps if you subscribe and leave a review. Uh, it helps with the algorithm apparently. But, you know, I don't even care with, about the algorithm shit. Just I'm grateful you're listening and thanks very much. So keep coming back. And... Um, that's it, man. I think we're done. Sweet, dude. I've got some stickers for you. I'm getting new T-shirts made, actually. With I'm doing a collab with Kane Horsepool, um, yep. who's the street artist for, known as Trait. Yep. Um, and one of his designs, uh, we're collabing on a T-shirt design, and all profits raised will go to flood-affected area, areas in Lismore. Sick. So I might send you a T-shirt when we get them. Yeah, dude. I'm always down when for stickers. You know how it is. Stickers. Skateboarding currency. All right, man. And a big thank you and a big shout-out to Ryan Grant, who I've just spent the weekend with at the Belco Bowl Jam, and he's come and he's filmed this episode. So thanks, Ryan. Yeah, dude. Love thanks you, for man. sitting Love you, man. Carpet. Love you, Ryan. You don't have to say it back. Did you say it? No, no. Say it again. I love you, Shannon. I hear that. Ah, there that. it I is. Change. I love it. I love it. Ah, you. <laughs>
Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.